Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the What's Next podcast, episode 17 of the Sports Edition. Holy sh- man, 17 episodes in. We are talking about the wild card NFL playoffs. I feel so good today. A lot happened last Sunday, Monday, Saturday, like three whole days of football, man. It, it's, I'm ready to go into it. Before we get started, as you know, my name is Chanel Wilkins. And I'm Nick Provenzano. And you know where to watch the podcast. To keep up with all the podcast content, you can go on the Instagram underscore West Next Podcast underscore. There are four platforms where you can watch the West Next Podcast episodes, both the sports edition and the lifestyle. You got the Spotify, you got Apple Podcasts, you got Google Podcasts, you got RSS.com. We had an amazing 2022 and 2023 is going great right now as well as we are about to hit 1,200 followers on the Instagram. So thank you all so much for that. Uh, you know, the story views have gone up and, you know, postings are coming on the way, man. We haven't had a lifestyle podcast come out just yet, but we in the works uh, for early February to start recording and then get it out before uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, it's going to be a good episode, so make sure you all check that out when it comes. And also, like always, the Sports Edition episodes are coming out rapidly, so make sure to check those out. Uh, but today is probably going to be best sports podcast edition uh, maybe ever, honestly, because this is the first time me and Nick are talking about NFL playoffs on the podcast. We have results of the wild card weekend, a crazy wild card weekend, if I might say. Uh, and you ready to get started, Nick? Listen, Chanel, every single week is our best episode. Every week is our best episode. Let's get, let's get that out the way first. But yes, I am entirely ready. This weekend was full of ups downs turns heel turns for a couple teams and then just uh, just a bunch of just you know insanity at the quarterback position and the quarterbacks left in the playoffs and we got to talk about that we're going to be talking about all the games that went on over the over the super wildcard weekend it's exciting man and i can't wait to get through it so let's just get right on in all right let's go nick obviously we start on saturday 4 30 that's when the playoffs officially started and we started with a banger of a game. The 49ers faced the Seattle Seahawks. It was a it was a competitive game early. The Seahawks were actually leading at halftime 17 to 16 in a little competitive battle. And then, you know, obviously that that second half came, as you know, Nick, and the 49ers established themselves, uh, put their put themselves in the high gear, and they beat the Seattle Seahawks 41 to 23. And the Seahawks are moving on to the divisional round. Congratulations to them. And the Seahawks season is officially over. Nick, I want to know your thoughts on, first off, how you view both teams right now and just the game in general. Okay. So I think that when we, I think uh, the viewers will appreciate this week because we have a lot more time to delve into the games because there there was only about six games this week. So there was, there's a lot we can delve into about there's this team, their future, their off season and whatnot. Um, But pretty much just to start off, I did beforehand last week for viewers that wanted to watch that episode or need to watch it, go watch it now. But I did pick the Seahawks to win this game and only because I was like, man, I don't want to be the boring one and just pick the Niners because everyone is doing that. I believed in this team since preseason. I said the Seahawks weren't going to be as bad as you think 
that they that they are true or not true Chanel I did say that right you did say that I'll give them that's what they call me Mr. Consistency right so here's what happened so the Seahawks (laughs) (laughs) so the Seahawks they actually had a pretty good season and they had a better season than the guy that 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 they shipped off to Denver Russell Wilson was he you know the quote-unquote supposedly going to be Hall of Fame quarterback had a worse season with a worse football team and Geno Smith answered the bell time and time again for this team and ended up being you know a Pro Bowl quarterback and a perennial you know comeback player of the year you know candidate you know we'll see how the awards shake out but he should definitely be in consideration and um this the Seahawks team. I believed in them. Uh, you know, I had a feeling that the magic was going to run out so sooner or later, sooner rather than later. When this weekend came up, Pete Carroll said, "Unfortunately, we are playing the 49ers," and he knew how beastly of a team this was. He, you know, Geno Smith. I think for the first half was almost perfect in his completion percentage. I think he was nine nine out of 10 completion percentage on throws. And Brock Purdy, meanwhile, was nine for 19. And the Seahawks were actually winning by halftime. And then you just saw Brock Purdy, man. He really answered, the like how I said that Geno Smith answered the bell, Brock did too. And Brock played his tail off in the, in the other part of the game. He wasn't Trevor Lawrence coming back from that deficit. We'll talk about that later. But, I mean, dude, like, Brock did make some plays to put the Niners back into position. And at the end of the day, we all know this, the Niners are a much talented roster than the Seahawks. And, um, you know, they just were able to wear them down with, with how many positions that they have on all the roster. They're deep in every single position the Niners are, even that fullback, you know. Like when's it not last time you could say, Oh, we got a fullback that can back in you. We got Kyle Yushek. Like yeah. the Niners even have that. So I have a lot of things going for them right now. They're clearly the most talented roster in the league in my opinion. Uh, I think that's I think that's that's pretty easy to say. And um I mean, they're even. I mean, Chanel, they're even deep at quarterback now. So I think I happy to not call us the most talented roster. And um, as for both teams, I want to know about my co-host's opinion because Chanel, what's more likely, or who is more likely to return to this team, to their own team, as the starting quarterback next year? Is it going to be Brock Purdy or is it going to be Geno Smith? Who's more likely to return as the starter next season? You might be surprised by my answer. I actually have a major prediction I want to share with you, Nick. Okay, go ahead. You know that we were, you know how the Chicago Bears. Sorry, not sorry to bring up a non-playoff team in a playoff episode, but the Chicago Bears had the number one overall pick, right? Yes. And they can, and they don't need a quarterback. Justin Fields is their guy right now, and they can trade that pick. You know who I think really could use that number one overall pick? The Which Seattle team? Seahawks. I why? Well, here's the thing. Seattle right. is fifth. Because they have Denver's. Right. I think they want that number one overall pick. So you think they're going to trade they, up? I think they trade Geno Smith. They trade Geno to trade up? Or sorry, I'm sorry. I to, don't move, to move four I, that's, spots? That's my fault. I don't, that's, I messed that up. They don't trade Geno Smith, but they trade up to that number one overall pick and they're going to start that rookie. Whoever may be, whether it's Bryce Young or the Ohio State quarterback, and I'm sorry I forgot his name on the podcast just right now. CJ Stroud. C.J. Stroud, thank you so much. It's either C.J. Stroud or um, Bryce Young, whichever quarterback they pick at that number one overall pick, I think they're going to take him, and I think he's going to start for them. 
Cause, and I know people are thinking I'm crazy right now because Gino had a great season. He really did. Um, but I think you found out what Gino was in the second half of the season. Uh, again, not bad. Very suitable backup. And I think he maybe I think he's earned the right to be a starter. But I don't think it's gonna be with the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are looking towards the future. And uh, I think if you're logically thinking about future seasons and you and you saw what happened. In the second half of the season with Geno, I think you can understand that Geno is a really good quarterback, but he's not the future. So for that question, I guess you would say that Purdy is more likely to come Purdy. back as the starter. Yeah, I the, think absolutely. The, okay. I'm not sure if he does. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I, sure I mean, if he does. They're both. No, no, no. No, I'm not saying no. I think that was a good prediction. Um, you know, um, you know, they both have really weird positions to be. We don't know if Gino is going to go somewhere. We don't know if he's going to come back on a team-friendly deal. I, I think that's more likely, uh, in my opinion. I think that uh, I don't think that that Gino is going to outright just have the starting job throughout the entire season. However, I think Geno Smith is more likely to, to maintain the starting job in, in the Seattle Seahawks because I think that he's going to come back on a team-friendly contract, and I think that whoever that they take at number five will be their quarterback. I think that Seattle is going to get a quarterback in the draft, and I think Geno is to return starting for the team at least for the season or at least midway through the season. I don't know about Purdy, if I'm being honest, because because listen, while Purdy is the way he played, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not doubting that Purdy is out of playing out of his mind right now. But what I'm trying to say is, you got to look at um, Kyle Kyle Shanahan's perspective, because like you got to think, what is he thinking right now? Like we don't know what Kyle's thinking, you know. Like, right. what is he thinking? Do you think he's going to be like, man, uh, do I still think that Jimmy gives us a shot? Do I still think that Trey Lance, is he still going to be my future for the rest of this team? I mean, he was hurt for pretty much the entirety of the year, you know, or do I roll with the young kid, Mr. Relevant, who came in and is still undefeated? Like, and, you know, I think it's more likely, I, I, I'll say this, if Brock Purdy goes all the way with them i think either either super bowl and winning or excuse me super bowl or winning or super bowl losing i think brock comes back as a starter i think if he is anywhere beneath that he'll be the backup for now but i don't think but here's the thing i don't think if if he is the backup next season you know damn well there's gonna be a qb battle in the preseason because you know how well Brock played during the playoffs and you know, like let's say they trade Jimmy away. Right. And let's say mm -hmm. they let Jimmy walk and let's say it's Trey Lance has the starting job. You know, damn well that Trey Lance and Brock Purdy are going to fight in the preseason and in, in, in training camp for who's going to be the starter. So don't think it's going to, that Brock is going to go away so soon, but I think Gino has the more, chances to remain the starter because you know pete likes him and pete obviously doesn't really have another number two in the building that could rival gino until they draft somebody and obviously that's pete's decision to think oh if the young guy's ready or not so i think that gino smith will come back and at least start the season more likely than i think brock purdy will. now your end point to me was logical about gino here's where i disagree with you about uh purdy and the san francisco quarterback situation I think one. I think if since they went to the divisional round, and I think they have a, and I, and I think they have a good shot at winning their divisional matchup. But that's mm -hmm. not the point. We're talking about Brock Purdy, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Trey Lance. I want to start by saying one of them by the end of this off season 
is gone. I think it's Jimmy. One way or the other. And I don't think it's Jimmy. Why not? I I think Jimmy is the perfect backup. I think he's proven that he will accept the backup role as long as he's paid. He he was willing to accept being the highest paid backup in the league. And I think you'd rather have a veteran leader like Jimmy in the locker room than a young Trey Lance or a young Brock Purdy. I think I think you have to think about this in this way. Trey Lance is unestablished in the NFL at this point. Brock has established himself as a playoff winning quarterback at this point. Trey Lance might have the talent, but you have to go between proven and unproven. And I think the San Francisco 49ers are a smart franchise and they'll go with what's proven. Trey Lance, uh, okay. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I understand Trey Lance had a lot of value. They're the reason they traded up that high to get Trey Lance. But at the end of the day, I, if I'm them, I'd rather go for proven Brock Purdy, and I'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo as a backup, as a true backup quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, and I would, I would let Trey Lance go. Okay, so you'd rather go with the devil you know rather than the devil you don't, is what you're saying. Exactly, you got it. Okay, I, that's that's honestly a good way of looking at it. I should I, I really don't have really much to say about both teams offseason. It's going to be really hectic to see them play out, but should we move on to the next game? Because I think Absolutely. that's I think we talked all, all we really could about the Seahawks. Yeah, we we really and the 49ers there. And the Niners, we listen, this 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 offseason, man, this draft is going to be pretty insane. Uh how however it's going to shape up, I think it's going to be pretty insane. Speaking of freaking insane, we had the Jaguars versus the San Diego, oh, not the San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. And, it's all right. I do that mistake too. Yeah, exactly. And you know how this went. I think if I think if you've been watching football, you know how this went. The Chargers were up as much as 27 in the first half, and then you just watched the Jacksonville Jaguars pull off one of the greatest comebacks in playoff history. Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars came back from a 27-0 deficit to beat the Los Angeles Charter Chargers 31-30 with a game-winning field goal at the end of the game, and the Jaguars move on to the divisional rounds. I got this one completely wrong. One, I mean, no one could ever, you know, predict a game like that, but I mean, just wow. Uh, I almost am lost for words. Um, on this podcast about this game. Nick, can you fill in the words for me, man? Um, The Chargers chargered. I think that's where the words that you were trying to find. The Chargers yeah. have chargered themselves. This is what they do. And I even said, I even though I picked the Chargers, I said, remember last week I, I and all the viewers last week, I said, on paper, they should win this game. This is a winnable game. You know, they should win, but are they going to? And I was the fool. You were you were the fool. We were all the fools for picking them once again in high pressure situations. And um, you know, there's really there's really nothing much more to say other than I think Brandon Staley should have gotten the boot by now. And I don't know why he has it, right? He hasn't, right? Not as far as I know. And that like I remember and we'll get to other coach firings, you know. Like later in the show, especially, you know, one pertaining to one of somebody's like favorite team over here. But we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to coach firings and offensive coordinator firings and everything like that. But Brandon Staley, I don't know how you come back. Like, I, I'm not saying that, like, you know, he's a horrible, like, football mind by any stretch. I think that he deserves to be in the league. But this is a complete fumble by him. It it just has to be, and I know it's with a franchise that has 
you know, fumbled the ball with almost anybody that they had at the coaching position, but come on. Trevor Lawrence, that was the biggest sigh I've ever took. Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions. I know that a couple of them weren't his fault. A couple of them were, were, you know, like bad bad play calls. There was a clear pass interference that that, that Asante Samuel Jr. had that should have been called in which he got the pick and Doug Peterson let let that referee know how bad he effed up. Um, But I mean... Listen, by hook or by crook, they did get four interceptions, and Asante Samuel Jr. had three. And by that point, you are doing everything in your power to, A, run the clock out, and, B, make sure you seal the win if you're the L.A. Chargers. And none of that happened. And it was just a sad state of affairs. I think Joe Lombardi, if I'm not mistaken, got fired after this game. Offensive coordinator for the Chargers, he got fired. Yeah, he well I mean listen. Listen, he uh he 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 didn't deserve to, you know, um he didn't deserve to have this job in the first place. I don't understand how you have Justin Herbert, right? Justin Herbert who is this amazing passer, and I don't know why, how you are how you are having him throw 3-yard curl routes, check down, dump offs. Like why are you doing that with a guy who can throw over 40 yards down the field? I just I don't understand the the how you get conservative with that kind of quarterback. I don't understand how I don't understand how you ever can can like just have your play call and be so passive aggressive with the team which you know their quarterback is gonna try to come back and you know on the other side of the football. And Joe Lombardi has known this, you know, since his days I think it back in I believe LSU, right? With Trevor Lawrence, like going up against him how do you not try to plan against trevor lawrence coming back or this or doug peterson going back or this entire team coming back it just doesn't make any sense i don't know why they decided to play play like that and i i mean man it seems like the chargers just need a good head coach and i'll throw it to you chanel is this sean payton's landing spot it i don't know it should be right uh now they the Broncos he did interview with the Broncos uh today and they said and the Broncos were very impressed with his interview. Uh I'm not sure if he ends up taking it, obviously. That's a job like we talked about last podcast, that's a very undesirable job. But what I will say about the Chargers future is you still gotta believe in uh Justin Herbert. Uh I know he I know he, he fumbled himself, um, especially in that second half. Uh, but you know he he's too talented and he's too uh, important to the Chargers to not believe in him. Uh, yeah, I mean I don't I don't think you ever. Sorry to cut you off, but I don't think you ever uh, say that this was all. It wasn't like honestly I don't I only give like about twenty percent blame to Justin. It was coaching. It was coaching at the end. It was coaching, and they shouldn't have gotten to the positions that they were in. And it's just it. Listen, it's just it's just sad the way it ended up. And um. I will say this, though. Me and my brother did make a bet a year or two ago. We said which quarterback would be more successful in the NFL. He said Justin Herbert. I'd said Joe Burrow. And currently, it looks like I'm winning the bet right now. But, um, yeah, I mean, listen, Justin still has a bright future ahead. He needs a good coach. Like, he needs an Andy Reid. He needs a Bill Belichick. And I think if he is at that, who knows where, how high his career can soar. I honestly think that's his, that's his ceiling, man. Like, hang around with the big boys in the AFC. I think that 
that that's where he should be, but we need the right coach to, to pair him with. And if Sean Payton goes there, I mean, man, imagine him with Sean. That would be a real good, you know, situation for him to be in. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about the Chargers here, and obviously there's a lot to think about there. The Jag, but the real story to me is the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, officially arriving. If this wasn't his arrival game, I don't know what it what is. Obviously, it started out bad, but it takes a great quarterback to persevere the way Trevor Lawrence did. It takes a great coach to get his team to persevere and come back the way Doug Peterson did. So they got to me, and they proved it in this game, the two staples of a Super Bowl winning franchise. A really good quarterback and a great coach. Yeah, a a really good offensive-minded coach, if I might add. Exactly. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl, so you already have that um, at an establishment, but they are so promising, and this may, and I was saying in um, last podcast that their last, their game, their uh, eliminary game against the Titans did not impress me at all. They made me not it made me pick the Chargers, honestly, because it didn't make you fear them. And I'm not sure if you can still quite fear the Jacksonville Jaguars yet, but you know you have to play the all four quarters in order to beat this team now. Uh, so it, it makes it makes a very interesting game for their divisional round matchup. So I am excited for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly. I wouldn't really like I know that I've 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 you know picked some you know bad you know things of who's going to win but listen I you, you got it when you have a quarterback as good as Trevor is playing right now coming back from the deficit you, you know a lot of people like to compare him to Peyton Manning I don't really remember Peyton Manning ever coming back from throwing all those like four interceptions in one game I know Peyton Manning's had four interception games but I don't know if Peyton's ever came back from throwing four you know in one game Trevor did that and he did that in, a, in his first ever playoff game like that just shows you the amount of poise talent calm cool collectiveness that goes on inside of his head he is not bothered by the moment at all, and he's just continuing to rock with what he does best. That is look great from the quarterback position. And I know that the Chiefs should win the next game, but listen, Trevor's going to play his heart out next game, and I know the Jacksonville Jaguars will too. Doug Pearson's going to give them all sorts of hell. Doug Pearson even said that, that uh, I think, in press conferences about the game, that no one expects the Jaguars to do anything in this game. So, you know, they could pull off sh- uh, things that could really shock them. So I'm, I'm excited to see that matchup, too. I'm excited to see that matchup. And we are going from a Florida team that won their game to a Florida team that unfortunately lost their game. Uh, and I will, I'll get into my thoughts on the game after I just quickly recap it for the uh, what's next podcast fans over here uh the miami dolphins versus the buffalo bills two versus seven seed in buffalo a closer game than i ever expected but ultimately the result was exactly what i expected the buffalo bills at home beat the miami dolphins 34 31 so nick i'm gonna let you go first on this one because i don't want to go too long here so you go first on this game well listen man like this game i just want to open up with this if Tua started this game you guys would have won yes Tua started you guys would have won this game and i think that it's not even close <laughs> did you know what 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 a skylar thompson stat line was chanel i'm looking at it <laughs> 18 I'm looking, for 45 i'm looking at it 
That is so below 50%. I can't even. You are right. The guy doesn't even deserve to be in the league. Why can't. Like, you? Ha- it's so crazy. We have third string quarterbacks like, like, like Brock Purdy in the league. And then you have this guy. Like, a guy who just can't even. It, it's really wild how crazy one quarterback could do and one how how crazy bad another one but that's just besides the point but i mean this game i'm gonna do a lot of digging on the bills here so you can go in on your team and i think that you have earned the right as a fan to go in on your team so for right now i'm just gonna dive into the bills i'm just gonna say hey man i don't believe that they are a as scary of a team as we all. And I think that's in large part because, hey, their defense is still, you know, I still I still think that the Bills defense is still pretty suspect even after this game. And two, I truly believe that Josh Allen is going to make these mistakes again. And listen, Josh has fallen from grace this season i think chanel you can really attest to that i don't think he's fallen from grace out of the top 10 of quarterbacks but he's certainly fallen from grace as far as the mvp candidate because that's where it started right it started with him patrick mahomes and jalen hurts at as the clear three best quarterbacks in the league and then josh just kept turning the ball over and turning the ball over and turning the ball over and then you could clearly see the decline in his game and it's something that we didn't think was going to be you know like really a factor when it came down to like these close games especially for how bad you know chanel you point out how bad the miami Dolphins off uh, defense you know can be sometimes and you know, even Josh made mistakes on this defense to see throw two interceptions. And you just, dude, like you can't go into the Bengals and play this way. And you can't go to the Chiefs and play this way. And if he plays like this, I'm sorry. I know a lot of people have picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl, including me. Like before I thought that the Bucks were absolute dog, you know what? I actually had the Bucks and the Bills as a Super Bowl matchup preseason, and I said that the Bills would beat us. And I'm not even sure that the Bills can really even hang at the top of the AFC anymore. I would, if you had to ask me right now, I would clearly say that that the, that the Bengals and the Chiefs are clearly ahead of them. And I think that's in large part due to how much I don't trust Josh Allen in these situations. I'm sorry, I still love Allen. I think he's still a freak athlete. I think that he is still one of the top dogs in the AFC, but I just don't have much confidence in him playing the way that he 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 did. Like I've seen, you know, I've seen uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, do it like immediately coming into the playoffs. I need to see him down in a situation, and I need to see him pull himself out, pull the rest of his team out, and come back from his interceptions. And I'm not even sure you can start like that against good AFC teams like the like the like the Bengals or the Chiefs. So that's just me ripping on your opponent in the game. Chanel, take it away. Do your little fandom, do everything you'll need to do to address every single thing that was wrong with this team. So I'm going to get like Skip Bayless here. I'm not sure if anyone um on the Westness podcast watches uh saw sees at least clips of Skip Bayless's podcast. Uh the most unnecessarily emotional Dude, I've ever seen in my life. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me get this. It is my turn. There we go. There you can go. You forgot the, you forgot the sigh when he gets like. Yeah, he, he's, he's like, he's like <sighs> my turn now. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the way he disrespects Chan and Sharp, goddamn, I'm tired of Skip Bayless. <laughs> they but both as, disrespect each other. I don't want to hear it. They both disrespect each other on that show. We will talk about that off air later. But let's get into the Miami Dolphins. I am extremely proud and extremely disappointed at the same time in my Miami Dolphins. I am proud of the way we fought in this game. I'm actually... I, was, I actually disagree with you on Skylar Thomas. I have to take my words back. I was actually, for the most part, impressed with Skylar Thomas. How? The dude had 18 out of 45. Oh, well, my God. The stats don't tell you everything. The stats do not tell you everything. It told me that he that he missed, that he missed like, almost, like, 25% of – he only completed 25% of his passes. That's what this told me. I, I, hold on. I'm not, say, I'm not saying he's a starter. I'm not saying he's – a great backup or none of that. What I am saying is this is a tough position to put a guy like Skylar Thomas in. And for his third game to be a bit to be a playoff game against the Buffalo Bills, uh supposedly a top defense in the league. And also I will go into this and I know people are going to dislike me for it, but if you watch the game, you know the receivers on the Miami Dolphins really disappointed. I really Jalen Waddle especially and Tyreek Hill uh Sheffield all I they really disappointed me this game uh but nothing disappointed me more than that fourth quarter and Mike McDaniels and that entire coaching staff nothing in the playoffs nothing in the season had disappointed me more than seeing that because we played uh for ours against the Buffalo Bills a really good game our defense created turnovers even a strip sack for a touchdown which was uh, amazing because we just don't ever create turnovers so to create them in a in the biggest game of our season was very nice to see this was a winnable game and bad coaching bad time management and Skylar Thomas and experience ruined our season this was a winnable game that got messed up by amateur amateur coaching i was so frustrated that we forgot that there was a play cl- we must have forgot there was a play clock or in skylar tom like here's my i'm gonna sorry now i'm gonna get a little ranting and get a little frustrated and express my anger on the air towards them let it, let it all out let it all out all right what well this is where i'm mad at skylar thomas and i'm disappointed in him why the hell when you break the huddle when there's like four seconds left on the play clock and you're going through motions, walking your ass up to the line of scrimmage, like, hike the fucking ball, bruh. And I know I don't curse a whole lot on this podcast, but don't, don't hike the fucking ball, man. Honestly, like, that pisses me. Like, that, like that's, that's just stupidity. Clearly, the man, not, not you know, uh, what's his name from the t- Tennessee Titans? Uh, Joshua Jones, or what, what was his name? The, the, uh, Josh Dobbs. Yeah, Josh Dobbs. Um, aerospace engineering, that was the thing he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was aerospace engineering. Yeah. Aerospace and clearly he's not that bright. Uh, cause goddamn, any lo- anyone with logical sense would know. Fucked all the motions. Stop all the fancy shit. Hike the fucking ball. It's fourth and one. How many? You aren't going to trick them, and you shouldn't be tricking them. You have you have a talented O line. Hike the fucking ball. Go down the middle and get that damn first down. Shit like that caused us the game. Mike McDaniel should be extremely disappointed in himself. Cause that's not the only time he fucked up now, but that was the most visual. That was the most obvious and disappointing fuck up I've seen by a coach in a long time. We had a chance to win that game, and it wasn't cause we were the less talented team. Well, we were the less talented team in that situation, but we could have 
pulled off an upset because the Bills and Josh Allen were playing fucking awful. That was a game that most teams, if we had two of, we had, or even Teddy Bridgewater, because Teddy Bridgewater would have known to hike the ball and stop all the motion shit. If we had experience at the quarterback position and a better coaching staff that was prepared for situations like these, I think we at least get into overtime, maybe even win the game. So that's my little shout rant, and I'm sorry for all you with sensitive ears, but uh, that pissed me off. Because we had a chance to win that game. The Bills played awful. Like Nick uh, beautifully articulated, uh, you know, a couple minutes ago, the Bills the Bills do not look like an AFC powerhouse. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll give away one prediction. I think the Bengals whooped their ass uh, in Buffalo because if they play anything close to that against a, a team like the Bengals, they're getting their butts whooped. Wow, you Even- think it's an ass whooping? I think it could be an if they play like they played against the Dolphins, that's an ass kicking. That's an ass kicking for the making. You know, Joe, listen, Skyler Thompson versus Joe Burrow, like come on, Skyler <laughs> Thompson. I think you're a talented dude. I saw, I saw some, I saw something there. You threw some beautiful balls that I don't think a lot of quarterbacks can make. I see why you're in the NFL. I think you're a pretty good decision maker. I see something. Uh, but man, you really. Someone needs to work with you on game time situations and to be, but it's your coaching staff's job to do that. And if they can't be prepared, how the hell can we expect you to? I know. Prince <laughs> has spoken, and he really ripped into that team. And uh, I just keep on remembering if I keep wanting to do this podcast while I'm while I am teaching, uh, if we ever get to that point, uh, make sure that we pull this to a PG and make sure we. Uh, Censor everything that comes out of Chanel's mouth from this point, especially when it comes to his Miami Dolphins. Oh yeah, <laughs> I anything. I mean, I mean, it's not just you, Chanel. Don't feel bad. It comes to every single team, and when you feel when you feel attached to a team, when you feel any sort of you know like happiness towards them, you want to see them do well, them. and you and it just brings out the worst in you. It brings out the coach in you because it brings out the John Gruden in you because you're just like you know. You coach him with tough love. That's what this is. It's tough love. And Chanel is just letting his tough love know, love known on Mike McDaniels. I think that, that Chanel actually does like Mike McDaniels and Tua, but he's just letting I him do. know. He's letting the de- he's letting the defense know. He's letting them all, like, this is what needs to be fixed. You know, hurry it up. You know, like, we don't got all day. We, we actually, and, and, you know, honestly, Chanel, I'll, I'll say this. Because of how bad Buffalo played, I'm not even sure next year they really have that well of a shot to win the AFC East. Mm-hmm. And you can easily take those reins if you guys do everything right in the offseason. That's well, we have a lot to figure out in the offseason. Got to figure out, but if you guys can figure it out, then, you know, it could be a pretty competitive division between you two. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. I, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, but one more thing I do just want to get off my chest about oh, the Miami I, I'm I'm going to try. We're at 38 minutes right now. I'm going to try not to get to 40. All right. I just want to quickly articulate this um, about the Miami Dolphins and our future. Mike, I want to say to Mike McDaniels, you're an excellent coach. You have done. You did a great job in your first year of the head coach. And I'm really proud of you. You need to you need to get the respect of that locker room and you need to get the respect of your coaching staff because. I don't think it's there. I think Josh Boyer, Josh Boyer being fired. Um, 
obviously you hate to see anyone be fired, but I think it makes sense because that defense is too talented to be underperforming like they did. Uh, be it we had some injuries in the secondary that are untimely, uh, but like I say many times, that Damian Howard played awful. He didn't play too, too. Actually, yeah, he played awful this game. Stephon Diggs was cooking him like a motherfucker. Uh, you know, he played awful. And, uh, you know, I think we got I think we got too much talent to be playing this poorly. So uh, I think a, a new defensive head, new defensive coach, I wish it was Brian, Brian Flores, to be honest with you, but uh, that's not going to happen. But a, a new defensive minded coach um, in the, at the defensive coordinator would, is going to help big time. And uh, as far as Tua is concerned, four seconds, best of luck to Tua. Done. Yep, I guess all needs to be said about that game. Wow, we took a lot for that game. I know. I, I went. I I'm telling <laughs> you, I, I got so much love for Florida, man. I really do. I really do. Well, all do you right. have love for the other Florida team? I well, we talked. Do. We do. What am I saying? The other one. We talked about two already. Do you have love for the third Florida team? I do have love for the third Florida team, actually, Nick. Um. Unfortunately, the Dallas Cowboys didn't have too much love for them, and they beat up on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 31 to 14 in their home. Uh, Dak Prescott played great. I mean, what a game by Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. They just they went in after a disappointing game against the uh, Commanders and decided to take all that frustration and anger out on you guys. And uh, now you, now Tom Brady's out of playoffs. We don't know what the future holds for that, him, but it should be fun. Uh, but the, the the main story for the playoffs is that the Dallas Cowboys are moving on, and uh, they are looking good right now. But, Nick, I want to hear your breakdown of the game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Well, I won't go as, as insanely uh, <laughs> rabid as you were for your team. It's mostly because I got all my frustration out during the season, and all the viewers and you, you know that. You know I've gotten all my anger out, all my bucks. But, you know, I, I'll just say this, guys. I, this game, the last couple weeks, I actually fell for the magic. I fell for the... Wow, it seems like the Dallas Cowboys are inevitably going to lose this game to the Bucks. I fell for that. I fell for the Bucks posting on social media because I obviously I'm a bit, I'm a fan of them. I follow them on on, on Instagram. They're like, our our real season starts now. I'm like, yeah, our real season starts now. Bulls, come on, coaches, defense, Byron. Who cares about your offensive stats? Just you know, just 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 go out and just take this talented roster. Take Chris Godwin, Tom Brady, Mike Evans, you know, like even Kyle Rudolph of all people. You're getting Jensen back. Hopefully, Tristan will be back. You know, Leonard Fournette, Russell Gage, you know, also. Did Leonard Fournette play this game, by the way? I just want to ask that question. Did he play? I, I didn't see him too much. True. Leonard Fournette, like, was he there? Is he still I on the think, team? I, I, he I played, played, right? I didn't see him that much on drives. I Mostly Rashad <laughs> White got most of the carries. Interesting. You know, for some, I, I'm making, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing him. Yeah, I just, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. And you, you got to because man, this, this game was just. Listen, guys. Bottom line is, I fell for the magic, and Dallas Cowboys whooped us. And while I was watching this, I made a business decision for myself because some of, like, as you get older, and some of your friends, you know, they go on Xbox and everything, and they're late at night, and they're like, hey, man, do you want to hit up, a, you want to play a game? And they don't really watch sports like that, and I look at the score, and I look how bad we're getting beaten by halftime, and I'm just like, yeah, why not? It's 18 to nothing. 
So I had my laptop on while I watched Doc Prescott humiliate our defense. And then I saw it from the side while I played some Battlefield. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was like passively watching it. I did watch Brett Maher like F up all of his extra points. Um, so that was pretty funny. Um, I did see how bad our defense is leaving guys wide open. And I saw how bad our how it's been the rest of the season. Guys, we are we finished the season eight and ten. And we absolutely deserve. We deserved it 100%. This was the same team it has been all year. And it did not improve in the playoffs. I don't know what kind of kind of pixie dust I was smoking. But I had a feeling that we had too much of a talented roster for it to just, this playoff opportunity to just go to waste. And it went to waste. Regard, because, and don't say like, oh, well, you know, you made We, our Super Bowl run came in the wild card. So I don't think it, 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 you know, it even matters where we placed. We should have had a chance to go make a run for it. And for a team that we beat earlier in the season, for them to just completely steamroll us was not a good look for us. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, just it's just a sad state of affairs. Um, it, we're the same team that's been that's always been. Um, I know I've said that a lot, but it's just true. Tom Brady is a is a free agent this offseason. Um, little prediction uh, for the viewers and for Chanel. I already have a landing spot in mind for Brady. Uh, it's probably the most odds-on favorite, according to like sports bets in Vegas, because I have him ending up in Vegas and joining McDaniels and the Raiders. I think that's honestly where he'd end up. I don't know where his... Uh, I don't know if anyone's seen his press conference, but it did sound like he was making a goodbye. I don't know if it was a goodbye to the Bucks. I don't know if it was a goodbye to football, but it certainly sounded like he sounded like he had one foot out. the. And I think it is much more likely that he joins up with his old offensive coordinator and Josh McDaniels and joins up with the Raiders and their similar situation in 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 the in the in the silver and black. I think that Devonta Adams is there. You know, Renfro is there. Darren Waller is there. Josh Jacobs should definitely be re-signed or franchise tag there. It's a perfect offense for him. And, you know, I think that's where Brady's future lies, honestly. I'm very happy today because I saw that we finally have parted ways with Byron Left. You guys don't understand how happy I was to see that man. And it doesn't take a, a lot to make me happy about seeing a guy get fired especially, you know, a guy who is a well-respected African-American coach who's done well in the league. But listen, Byron, what he did this season was completely inexcusable. Chanel, do you want to know our offensive statistics this season? I absolutely do. Do you know where we ranked in rushing yards? Can I guess? Yeah. Second to last. Dead last. We were 32nd in rushing yards. We were second in drops as in receiver drops we were 24th in points we were 22nd in third down and we were 25th in the red zone now i'm sorry byron i think we had some good moments with you back when bruce and brady actually called the plays but it's time for you to leave now i know a lot of people are saying that why isn't todd bulls fired i still think todd is still a, a still an excellent d coordinator but i think that he needs to go back to D coordinator. I think that's obvious. I don't, I love Todd Bowles as a defensive coordinator mind. I don't want him as my head coach. Uh, Like, listen, I know that we've all saw what happened to him with the Jets back in 2015. 
But Chanel, I think you would agree 100% that this team was 10 times as more talented than the one he had in New York. And he still couldn't do anything with them. Like, he had the GOAT. He had Evans, Mike, spelled with M, 1, K, 3, because all he does is get 1,000 yards in a season. He had Chris Godwin. He had Russell Gage. Get well soon, Russell. He got, like, he had Cameron Brait. Like, he just, he had Kyle Rudolph. He had a good O-line. He just had so, he had Leonard Fournette, Rashad White. He had all this talent. And he couldn't do it. And he couldn't do it. So, but I still think that that defense still held up fairly well throughout the rest of the year, which is why, and I think that's a big part to what he does on the defensive end. And I think that's still why we should keep Todd. I still think that he has value there. Uh, But he needs to step down as head coach. It just needs to happen. Either the Glazer family does need to come out or Bruce, because Bruce Arians is now our president in one of the Bucks organization things. Bruce Arians needs to come out and, you know, maybe tell Todd to, you know, step down as play caller or head coach. We need to find somebody. And we need to find somebody who can reasonably be a head coach in the league that can, you know, really maintain this offensive, you know, prowess and everything like that. Because it's not, it wasn't working, and I don't know where we go from here. I don't know where we go in a draft sense. Uh, we kind of screwed ourselves by getting into the playoffs because now we have, I believe, the 19th pick in the draft. and. It's not looking good for our offseason, but obviously I'm still going to be a Bucks fan by hook or by crook, and we'll see what this offseason has in store for us. But, yeah, long story short, happy that Byron leaves. Brady's probably going to end up in the silver and black. That's just my prediction. I want to ask you one thing, Nick. Uh, do you believe Todd Bowles is still the head coach next season? Not whether you want him there. Do you think he's there? I think he is. I think that he stays because I don't think that there is enough head coaching candidates to like. And I think the big one is probably what, like Sean Payton is probably the biggest one. I heard D'Amico Ryans be floated around, but mm-hmm. who knows if D'Amico Ryans is indeed a good head coach. You know, if because I know D'Amico Ryans is a good D coordinator, but who knows if he, you know, could translate that to a good offense. You know, I, I don't know if you, you've seen this, Chanel, but you've seen that, you know, most offensive minds, you know, have been able to, you know, shape the trajectory of their franchises, a la Sean McVay, a la mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan, even Mike McDaniel, who did who did a pretty good job during the Dolphins run. I mean, offensive coaches are kind of where it's going. I would rather right. have an offensive coach. Um, So that's just my opinion. But I think that Todd stays because there's not really you know, a lot of options that we have out there that that teams like us, like middle of the pack teams could eventually go get. I like it. Uh, well, I do. I want to mention one thing uh, that you might find funny, Nick. He talked about how long I went with the Miami Dolphins, but you went even longer with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just did it a lot louder than you. That's all. I just want to mention that. Real no, quick. you you did you didn't do it a lot louder than me. You did it like as like an old man screaming at the wall, <laughs> and like I'm in the back eating popcorn, just watching the show. <laughs> I'm gonna have to rewatch. I'm gonna have to rewatch that part later. Oh my god! I, sometimes sometimes I do be going insane, bro. Sometimes it happens. But you know what? I'm actually not. I'm not gonna go insane about this one because it's technically an upset. I didn't really consider it an upset. The New York Giants beat the Minnesota Vikings 31 to 24 
at the Vikings home. The Giants are moving on. I actually forgot who I predicted to win this game. I think I might have said the Giants. You said the Vikings. You oh. said the Vikings. You pretty much almost had no upsets in your in, in your in your predictions. Don't try oh, to weasel out of this. All right. Damn. I remember how you betrayed Giants. Yeah, you betrayed you betrayed Jersey by by not picking them. <laughs> All right. I picked the Minnesota Vikings. I was disappointed by Kirk Cousins once again. Uh, so Kirk Cousins. Oh my God. I'm, we'll talk about that later. But Nick. Giants win. I thought Daniel Jones and the Giants looked great, especially Daniel Jones. Uh, he looked, he really, really looked good. Um, and Kirk Cousins looked re- to me really, really poor, especially towards the end. You had the typical Kirk Cousins performance when the game mattered most. Uh, I mean, Nick, what do you agree with my sentiments? What are your thoughts? I think I agree with you that DJ looked absolutely great this game. I think that he. My this is my opinion. I think he played the best out of all the quarterbacks on a wild card weekend. He had no interceptions. He had a he had a great he had I think he threw twenty four completions over over thirty five uh, attempts, which is insane for him. And he just you know his his rushing yards were absolutely a big factor in this game. He he looked good. Saquon looks good. When the Giants look good, it's good for football. It just is, and it's something that you know Big Blue should really be proud of. I'm really rocking with them. You know they 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 they've really made me so proud, and I'm ready to lock in in Chanel. Brian Dayball is coach of the year. He just he just is. He just is. I agree. And you know there's not really a whole lot more to say on my end about about the uh, Giants because I just think that they just showed so much, you know, adversity throughout the rest of the season. They earned this win and the Vikings just, you know, to be honest, they didn't deserve to be here at all. They didn't even deserve to be the 2 seed. I'm not even sure how Well, they how, were the 3 seed. Sorry, they were the 3 seed. I'm not even sure uh, sorry, San Fran did eventually overtake them to get the 2 seed. My bad. But I mean, like, they, I'm not even sure why they're even the two seed. I'm not even sure how, you know, obviously with Dallas, the way they were, their season finished out, you know, I think that, you know, if we had to do seeding based on, on, on confidence, I don't think that the, I think that if we had to do the, the playoffs based on like, not, not how they finished in terms of like how we're seated in the NFL, but in terms of like the confidence level, one being the best, seven being the least, the Vikings would be right at seven. I'm being dead serious with you. Like, even if, even against my Bucks, I'd put the Vikings at seven. Because do you guys know how many one one score games they scored during the season? I'm not. I know our our viewers aren't idiots. They they know that how 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 much how much like BS and luck went the Vikings way this season. Remember how they were down like almost what 33 to nothing against the Colts and had to make the greatest comeback ever. That was the greatest choke job by Matt Ryan again. Like, come on, like. That wasn't them. That was an inept Colts squad. Like, they won last time against the Giants by a field goal, like a 60-yarder. Like, that's not winning. That's not beating up your opponent. That's, like, barely surviving. And, dude, like, I mean, Kirk Cousins, like, I, I do want to rip into him, but this is what Kirk is. If you guys are are surprised by what Kirk did, I'm not sure where you've been for the last six years. This is what Kirk Cousins has always been. And this is his ceiling. Like, this is his ceiling. I don't know why the Vikings continue to keep on with a guy who's just going to be complete, com- just being, like, completely average in the moment. Like, you can't win Super Bowls like that. 
like I think I think somebody has up or the NFL has at least updated the the, the old fashioned saying where defense. No, I think I think it was offense wins games, defense wins championships, and another one got added. Uh, QBs win Super Bowls. And you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. You just aren't. Uh, and if you're on a good Super Bowl squad like this team, you aren't going to do it. And just one more thing to add about them before I let you go. The Vikings had the 32nd pass defense. 32nd. Who in their right mind picked them picked them to do good against any of the offensive weapons that they had. Do you think they were really good? Like, okay, for for say for argument's sake, let's say they they didn't throw it to like all the Giants receivers, right? Or Daniel Jones did not pop off against the worst defense in the entire league, right? Past defense in the entire league. You act like Saquon wasn't going to get going. You act like the rest of his offensive line wasn't going to get going. Come on, like Giants had this in the bag. I I, I knew it from the start. It was just a matter of were the were the Giants going to make enough stops on defense to maintain the Vikings, and they did. And I was right. I was right. I'm going to give myself and the Giants the pat on the back. So, because they did well. Giants, you did well. Big Blue, you should be happy. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens next week. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say make a prediction right now at this moment, but we'll see what happens next week. So, I want to take this time to quickly shout out a viewer of the podcast. Uh, if Patrick rushed, uh, from Ashley, the Color Cats, he he does great stuff. Go check out Color Cats his, and his stuff on there. Uh, he really does some good stuff. He reminded me and the whole Color Cats group chat of just what Kirk Cousins is. Uh, Kirk Cousins is the regular, is a reliable regular season dude, but you don't ever trust this man to accomplish something great. He said you can never trust Kirk Cousins to accomplish something great. Be and you'll and they should trade him because they should because they'll never win anything with a quarterback who can't be great. And uh, this showed it right away. Kirk Cousins had a chance to win the game. That big fourth down, he 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 could have done something big. He dumped it off uh, to I forgot who, but he dumped it off to one of his receivers uh, way 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 far from the first down. Didn't throw a pass the first down mark on the biggest play of the game. That tells you everything. Uh, and I and I like Kurt more than most people, especially my dad. Uh, my dad's a big hater of Kurt Cousins, by the way, Nick. I just want to let you know that he, uh, he hates Kurt Cousins. He did not like Kurt Cousins. Don't mention. Don't say nothing good about Kurt Cousins in front of him. I, I will say that right now. Don't mention nothing good about Kurt Cousins in front of him because he's not a fan. But I mean, but at the same time, poor. I mean, it, it sucks for the guy. But I think Patrick Rush. Uh, and, uh, you know, my dad and other people are right. He's just not great. And you can't win with great. I don't know what the Vikings do. I think you kind of have no choice but to keep him right now. Uh, but it's tough, man. It's really tough when you have someone who can take you. You know you know they can take you somewhere, but you know you, they can't take you where you want to go. So They can't take you to the promised land. They can't take you to the promised land. He can take, he can take you to, like, let's say – I want to do like a good reference. Like I don't know, he can lead you to water, but he's not gonna let. He's not gonna make you drink it. Maybe that's, I don't know. That's not a good one. He, no, he, I mean I know what you're trying to go for, but he Kirk Cousins can go to the water, but Kirk Cousins can't drink it. He'll choke before he drinks it. You just copy me. That I thought you were gonna go with something original. No, I was going to improve your analogy. Oh well, thank you. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah. But I mean, listen, I'm, I, I'm just really getting and I, I think I think he, you know, obviously when he said that this is where Kirk, you don't ask, you know, what 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 uh, he said, Kirk Cousins, you know, don't ask him to ever do something great. He was right. And like, he, yeah. he, but my thing, what I don't understand is where all these people are when when, you know, like when they watch football, like, do you, did you forget what Kirk Cousins is? Like, did you just wake up in like 2000, like 2023 and you just forget all of the years he spent with Washington and the Vikings, like did that, did, did that just like pass your mind by? Like this is how, this is what he's been Chanel for as long as I could remember. Like, and for some reason, people want to like every new season. It's like, oh wow, Kirk is gonna come back with Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook and take this team to the promised land. This is the first time. This is the first time that they've that they've actually won the North, and the Packers have looked relatively mid. And look what they did. They did absolutely nothing with absolutely nothing with it and you will do absolutely nothing with it when one your quarterback can't live up to the hype and two when your defense is just absolute dog trash like it, i mean that that's just that's just it's just a fact sorry the Vi- the vikings just make me upset like they're a good team and and it just it, it it seems like like they can't get a dose of reality and i i just hate it like and i hate for hate it for their fan base because vikings fans I, I think that they're not even a they're not even a bad bunch they're there's some nice people and they have to sit through and watch their franchise just make poor decision after poor decision and not even go into the playoffs like that they just get disappointed all the time so i feel for viking nation i feel for the for the for the for the skull up there in the north like it's a it's a bad time man you know actually speaking of the north let's go to the afc north the ravens face the cincinnati Bengals. before we go to that though i want to quickly just remind everyone to follow the west next podcast on instagram underscore west next podcast underscore we are about to hit 1200 followers on instagram so make sure to check that out make sure to tell your friend the family to follow uh you know postings come um almost every day uh, we're going to be doing more um, activity on the Instagram, so make sure to be wary of that. Also, uh, you know, I'm going to do an IG live pretty soon um, on the Instagram. You know, I just kind of want to talk to y'all, hear from y'all, and just do some really cool stuff of, you know, interacting with you guys. So a lot of cool plans coming for the podcast. I'm going to address that um, on an Instagram post uh, of what the plan is for 2023. So, you know, be wary of that post coming out soon and remember to share that. Um, and, and obviously, as you know, the four platforms to watch this are Google Podcasts, RSS.com, and the two most popular ones to check it out on, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Oh, whoa, actually, I'm wrong. Spotify and RSS.com are the two most popular sites to watch the What's Next podcast. Apple Podcast viewers, if you have Apple Podcasts, watch the damn show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I want that back up. RSS.com is getting more love than y'all right now. So uh, step That's up. crazy. What's happening? What's happening over at Apple Podcasts? Well, no. I don't know what's going on with Apple Podcasts. I we saw need that. to fix that soon. We need to fix that. It's up to y'all. Watch it on Apple Podcasts. Our, our, and much love to the people who apparently have RSS.com. I didn't even know about RSS.com when I, before I started a podcast. So, you know, we need to fix that. But the Spotify viewers, y'all are doing amazing stuff. Like I said, if you don't remember the last couple episodes, we are a top 15 most shared podcast on Spotify. So, you know, just to remind you all that stat, because that's a really cool stat. Make sure to, you know, do it with Apple Podcasts as well. Now, 
the main event of this episode is obviously going to be the Sunday night game between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati, uh, it's a, it was a hardcore division rival matchup. Just you know how it is with between AFC North teams, especially these two teams. The Bengals ended up though being victorious and moving on, beating the Baltimore Ravens in a little thriller of a matchup, 24 to 17. Nick, what are your thoughts on this game? <sighs> so for this game, Chanel. I obviously I don't really have a lot more confidence in the Bengals because of how they finished off this game. I will add though, it was still a nice, you know, defensive performance and in, in my opinion from both teams. Like even though that, you know, Lamar was out and, you know, we had Huntley in this game and, you know, it just ended up it just it just ended up in the favor of, you know, just good enough play calling from the, the defensive side of, of the, um well, actually more like the ineptitude of, of the offense. I don't know uh, of the Ravens because I don't know who decided to call a, a diving uh, quarterback sneak from the two yard line, but whoever called that play needs to get fired. And Sam Hubbard, as we know, obviously picked up that ball and ran it all the way to the house. And that's how that was really the last score in the game, I think, that sealed the, the win for the Bengals. And, uh, you know, I'm really I, I don't want to be the guy to be like, oh, well, the Bengals didn't score enough against the team that didn't have their starting quarterback out. Um, you know, how much confidence do you have in them next week? And I'm just going to be like, I still have some confidence in them because it was a division rival. The Baltimore Ravens defense is a pretty stout team. Uh, have a pretty, they have a start. The Baltimore Ravens team has a pretty stout defense. My bad. And um, they gave Joe Burrow and they gave the rest of that team some help. And it should be expected from a team like that. They, they, they always play hard in the defensive end and Harbaugh has them coached up to do is do so. I think Chanel, I think that the really big talking points for me, at least is what's going to happen in the off season with Lamar Jackson. I think that's what we all want to see there was talks about his knee being ruptured and everything and how he hasn't been back in quite a couple weeks now quite a quite a number of weeks he hasn't been in and then we got worried that he wasn't going to come back for this playoff game and we all wrote off that the that they would be eliminated as they were and then um you know there was some stuff floating around about some stuff about the organization and you know their lack of confidence in him and his his uh, injuries and everything like that. Um, there's a lot of things that were being said. And then and Lamar publicly came out and discussed his knee issue with the rest of the world, with his fans and everybody on Twitter, I believe. And he addressed the knee issue and what he's been experiencing. And I don't know, Chanel, what do you make of it? Do you think that there is a bit of a falling out here? Or a bit of, a, not even falling out, but a bit of mistrust being shown between Lamar and the Ravens franchise? I think that's been going on all season. Uh, and this is just just the tip of the iceberg in terms of it. Look, uh, clearly, I'm surprised Lamar Jackson even played this season um, at all. I think the Ravens are lucky to have him play this season, uh, all things considering. I actually think this playing this season actually hurt him in terms of getting that um, big offer that he was probably looking for, uh, in my eyes. Yeah, so I, I mean, yeah, I mean, in terms of getting that bag, I mean, 
It didn't exactly do him any favors. Not at all. So I, I think there's some turmoil going on. Uh, I believe Lamar Jackson would have played if he could play. So I don't. I hate hearing that uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, quit playing for the Ravens, and you know he's not about the he's not about football, or he's not he doesn't like the or he's like hurting the fan base and whatnot. That's absolutely not true. If Lamar Jackson could have played, he would play. That's just the type of quarterback based on from an outside perspective I see him as so uh you know he he's down for his team he just you know needs his bag but I don't know right now uh I I, I should talk more about the game but I honestly don't have much to say other than it's a um it was a great AFC North matchup um Huntley did well as he possibly could uh in that situation uh it just didn't work out but Nick, I think the big question here to end the show uh, is: If you were the GM, would you pay Lamar Jackson? I I, I think we we did we did say this in the last episode. I did say yes, I would because okay. while while in my opinion, and I, I I know my opinion differs from a lot of people, but um, I particularly think Lamar is tier two. I think he's still elite, but I think of him as a tier two QB. Um, just because of the injury history um, and his lack of success in the playoffs, that's what knocks him down a peg in my eyes from other quarterbacks. But other people can have their opinions. I still think that he is easily top 15, arguably top 10, arguably top five in the league. And obviously people can have their own opinions about it, but that's just where I see Lamar. But this is, but this is an easy decision to pay him because like, it's like, what do you have at quarterback? is what the league is really based on now, Chanel, and you know this. I mean, like, because I'll bring up your team, for example. What do you guys have if Tua doesn't play? Not very much, right? We have Skylar Thomas. Thompson. See, Whatever. he didn't even get his name right. It doesn't, because it doesn't matter what his name is. He didn't get his name right. That's how you know that all his name is. See, look, now, he, now he's not Thompson. saying anything. Thompson. Skylar <laughs> Thompson. There you go. He got his all quarterback right. right. Anyway. Yeah. Well, listen. And you saw Skylar Thompson. How much wins does he have on the year, Chanel? One. One. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just making sure. Now... Tell me something. Would you rather have Lamar Jackson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Why did it take you that long? Because <laughs> it seemed like you froze. Well, I don't know what happened there. No, I was I was a legit question. Would you rather have Lamar Jackson? Right. Yes, right. Yeah, exactly. Would you rather have a franchise quarterback? Yeah, of course you would. What What do the Ravens have than Lamar? Tyler Huntley? <laughs> like, like. Would you rather have Tyler Huntley or Lamar Jackson? I think they'd rather have – I'd rather, rather have Lamar Jackson. So, like – like he's he's clearly good enough to be better than a lot of the average quarterbacks in my opinion. I still think that to this day. I still think that Lamar Jackson is better than Kirk Cousins. He's better than Dak Prescott. He's better than every single person who is either average or above average. I just think that when it comes to elite quarterbacks and guys who who have young promising futures i just think he comes up a little bit short but that's just my opinion and i still think you should pay the guy but i think this is the more interesting question chanel is lamar jackson a raven next season i think that's the more interesting question yes i think he's still a raven i'm not sure if he's paid but i think he's still is a raven uh i think what happened is the possible franchise tag i think that could happen uh but i i don't see him leaving for another team uh, at the moment, because uh, you every team knows what if they get Lamar Jackson, they're gonna have to pay Lamar Jackson. And uh, I, I'm feeling, I have a feeling he's asking for Patrick Mahomes type of money. I'm not sure if I would, if I'm the Ravens, I understand where you're coming from in terms of. I'm not really sure if I want to give this to you. 
but I think they'll find a way to keep him. Um, whether I don't think he'll be happy. I'm not sure if he plays for the Ravens, but I think he will be a Raven by the end of next by the end of the off season. All right, all right. I think I think that's a, I think that's a good prediction to leave off on. I just don't think. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think it does come on the franchise tag. Um, here's the thing though. I don't know if he's gonna want to play if he's on a franchise tag. That's the thing, right? Right. Like I I like I'm not saying, and this is no indictment on Lamar. Lamar should honestly voluntarily sit out if he doesn't have a contract. If I was him. Right. He literally, regardless of what I what you think about Lamar, he he literally has has breathed life into this franchise and into a franchise that obviously had Joe Flacco, which was not that good at, at, at you know quarterback anyway. I mean, and, yeah, he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, he did, but you know, on the backs of uh, Ray yeah, Lewis and Reed. Yeah. You're gonna forget about Ed Reed. <laughs> Come on. Oh hell no, I would never. He's like the one of the best safeties that ever played the NFL. But anyway, um, and, and just John Harbaugh's coaching too. So credit yeah. to him. But he came into a time where where the Ravens were kind of at a stutter step. Uh, Joe was getting older and wasn't get wasn't progressing as well in the offense. And that defense and and all of these pieces were retiring. And Lamar, as one of the last pieces that Ozzie Newsom brought in before Ozzie Newsom stepped down was he brought in Lamar Jackson and he was ended up being a godsend for the Ravens franchise and for the Ravens fan base. He was ended up being one of their most popular players of all time. And he's just, he sells jerseys. He is a really good quarterback. Uh, he's a very valuable football player. Um, I don't know, man. Like he's just too valuable to give up. So, and I think that Lamar should know his value too. Because there's a lot more to this game than just playing football. It's also how much money you draw, and it's also how much how much you mean to an organization internally in the locker room. And that doesn't just and like I said, that's not about football play. That's about just him as a person and him as a human being. And I think that that's what Lamar needs to think about as well is how much value he means to a camaraderie to a locker room because that also adds to his value and adds to his ultimate stock. So. Um, if I was Lamar, if the Ravens don't give me a big boy contract, I would personally sit out because I just feel like I should be owed Lamar Jackson type money. So, yeah. And, you know, that's how we're going to end this podcast, y'all. Thank you all so much for watching the West Next Podcast, episode 17. Oh, sorry. I almost forgot. We're going to do just quick play a divisional round predictions because I oh I almost missed that and I'm sorry y'all for that. Quickly we're gonna do predictions for the divisional round matchups. We got four divisional round matchups here. Uh Jaguars and Chiefs, who wins? For the sake of being fun and entertaining, I will say the Jaguars. I'm gonna say you're absolutely crazy. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. You know you said that about the Seahawks game and they did end up winning by halftime. So it wasn't that crazy, now, was it? And I did pick the Giants to win, and you picked them to lose. So I didn't say that one was crazy, though. Yeah, but you know, you still, you still, you still picked them. You still picked them. So all right. Okay, yeah, but understandably, the Chiefs should kill them. But I mean, I'm just trying to be, I'm just trying to be optimistic for the Jags fans out there. There you go, Jaguars fans. You got Nick as a supporter. Eagles and Giants, this is the big game for um, our neck of the woods. Who wins? 
Um, I think that the Giants finally had their mulligan. I think that they could end their season feeling pretty happy. I think it was a nice run, but it ends here against a very talented Philly squad with Jalen Hurts back at the helm. I think the Philadelphia wins, not easily, but I think that the Philly be- beats them in at least, I think, two scores, but not easily. I honestly think it's a touchdown or less game. I think it's going to be a very competitive game. I think the Giants are going to bring them a, one hell of a battle. I could see them winning, but I'm going to stay safe and roll with the Eagles at the winner. Okay. Uh, yep. Uh, Bills versus Bengals. Who wins? Bengals. I think that the I think that the Bills have shown me enough to fall out of love with them, and I think I've fallen more in love with the Bengals. I've said this numerous times on the podcast that the Bengals have the greatest wide receiver trio in the league. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd. I think those are the best one, two, and three best uh, two, two wide receiver duo and best slot receiver in the league right now. And I think that that, that, though, that three-headed monster works so good as a tandem. I think Joe Mixon will step up. I think Joe Burrow will obviously be there, regardless if he makes mistakes or not. I think that Josh Allen's mistakes will be enough to put them into a hole or enough to cost the Buffalo Bills so the Bengals win this game. And then for oh, you, you didn't predict it. You didn't predict it. Oh, my bad. Uh, Joe Cool and the Bengals whoop on the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> there we go. And then finally the Cowboys and the 49ers who wins that game. Um I yeah, I, I think I think that we're gonna be back to seeing Dak Prescott throwing interceptions and I think it's gonna be against a very good a very good um team in the San Francisco 49ers. I think that they steal a lot of um momentum from the Cowboys here. And I think that they are going to be the ones to eventually shy this team away from, you know, getting back to where they are. And, you know, I just think that the Cowboys are going to make so much mistakes this game uh, against a very talented team. And I think Brock Purdy will actually be more clutching back this game. So I think I think the Niners will win. I think it's a close matchup, but I think the 49ers win. And I actually want to go back on one of my predictions. I want to go back on one of my predictions here. I'm going to say, and I'm thinking about it more, and I think it's just the case. I'm going with an upset. I'm going to say the Giants beat the Philadelphia Eagles to move on to the AFC champion. Sorry. To okay, NFL. okay. See, now look. Now look. Now we're cooking. Now we got two upsets. Now I got I got the Jags and you got the Giants. So I think the Giants. I think the Giants beat the Eagles. I, I, I know it's a, that's a real shocker to a lot of people, but I think the Giants are so good. I think they're so well coached. And the Eagles do not look as good as they used to. I think people have exposed, um, especially their secondary. Um, and I think the I think this a trajectory, I think it's a trajectory thing. I think just one team is going to outperform the other. I think it's a close battle, but I'm actually going to roll with the New York Giants. I, I listen, man. I, I wouldn't put it. I obviously give the Giants a little bit more of a chance than the Jags, honestly, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, but listen, I wouldn't put it past you because the Giants are a good team. It's just that I just think that the Eagles are just a better one. And I just think that they've been playing that way this season. And I think that what we saw from the Eagles and the Giants the last time we saw them, I just think that that was. The Eagles kind of not really coaching. And I think that's just really them like kind of getting the rust off of Hurts 
and I think uh, he'll be back this game. I honestly do. And I think that's that he's going to do enough to make sure the Giants don't win the game. Well, there you go. So this is going to end the podcast. Episode 17, thank you all for watching the What's Next podcast and showing us so much love. My name is Chanel Wilkins. I've been Nick Provenzano. Bye, everyone. This is a long one. See ya. See ya. Yawn.